Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Martial arts, mixed martial arts, USB. <laughs> I can't even fake it. Ah, go! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I mean, look, we're a little rusty right now because <laughs> fights. Fights, there's fights, no fights. preview show last week. There's no. You want to know how rusty time. we are? You want to know how rusty we are? I just, I just put up a poll with nothing in it. <laughs> oh that's, God! That's oh, how. Man. That's how off my game I am. Well, listen, the UFC is back. We had a rare weekend sort off. Of. And we got UFC Vegas 56 tomorrow. It is an afternoon card, which I like very much. Prelims start at 1 p.m. Eastern. Main card at 4 p.m. Eastern. Yes, there are 14 fights. And we have a heavyweight main event. A heavyweight, heavyweighty main event, if you could ever find one, between Alexander Volkov and Jarzinho Rosenstrike. A couple of top 10 guys looking to probably stay where they're at if we're being honest with the victory but maybe we'll find some diamonds in the rough there but <laughs> i am mike Heck. hope you're all having a wonderful friday i'm being joined by the prince of positivity mr alexander kaylee weigh-ins are uh the weigh-in post is done and you're back baby oh, you're back yeah, that was thrilling that was thrilling stuff um my first weigh-ins post in three weeks so i was very excited and uh, people you know people read it i mean enthusiasm just the love that i poured into it with nobody missed uh the heavyweights took the longest as expected it, it was just super eventful i know everyone was on point i'm happy i'm happy there you go and jed bishu is also here with us fresh off another appearance on btl where he actually made some very good points and may have won the actual show if we're being honest i think he kind of oh, got I've, hosed by the judges i for sure beat <laughs> I'm happy for him to have beaten me the last time we fought. That's fine, whatever. I 100% beat Drake, but Drake just has a has a fan base. You can't overcome it. But like I I won from the Mozarov thing. Like that alone, that was a TKO victory right there as far as I'm concerned. Yes, and we will surely talk about him as this program persists, but AK, I want to begin with you because we had a week off and you know, in the United States it was a long weekend. It was Memorial Day weekend, of course. That's how we, we have to remember why we're celebrating such an event. But we had a long weekend, no UFC card, and now we're back. And we are back with with this card, AK. So gymnastics scale us. We have missed this. What do we do? What, what are we looking at here? Gymnastics scale for UFC Vegas 56. Six out of ten. Wow. That's it. That's it. I, I think that's as low as you can go. I think that, I want to say the scale oh, starts at six. Oh, it's like no. it's like the NBA. It's like the NBA dunk contest. They, they they only give them cards six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Like you might want you you can even if someone misses a dunk, like you have to give them a six or something like that. 
I, I don't think you can go. I think for a car to even exist is it requires a baseline degree of difficulty of six. This is my this is really my shout out to the staff and the fighters, uh, you know, for 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 putting this together. Everyone made weight. We've got 14 fights. I mean, it's six. I think six is fine. Again, if anything, I'm underselling it because this is a classic. Oh, nobody's talking about this card. So it, it can only over deliver. So, so if the fight is like, if the card is like, is half decent, people are going to tell me like, oh, that's sorry, that card is like an eight or a nine. But really, but really, it's a six. Uh, I think if, if everything goes right, I don't think we'll, I still don't think we'll be talking about this card by the end of the year. Jed, you, uh, you disagree with AK's baseline number. Why is that? This is like a four at best. Like this is. This is a tough hang by any stretch of the imagination. If 14 fights is an infinite number of fights. Um, even even though, you know, I don't want to knock too heavily the the wonderful people that put together every UFC card, but like when in my mind, the dominant storyline coming in is a hoodwinky, you know, fighter making his way to the UFC potentially entirely undeserved at this point uh it doesn't feel like you guys did a ton of background either and like the structure is all off and we're going to talk about it i'm sure aaron blanchfield is the curtain jerker and that's kind of good because you can just watch that and then not watch the rest of the fight and be done at 1 p.m eastern that'll be great but like otherwise this this is a lot it's as you mentioned it's uh uh maximum heavyweight fight at the top and they're not fighting for anything because they're seven and eight in the rankings the winners that's just they're oh. just either going to stay the same or they're going to swap i disagree and, oh oh you okay well we'll we'll get to your hot take or i've got a spicy fit i've got a spicy angle well that's then maybe really that's gonna, maybe that's why you have this as a six because this is <laughs> this is a like i said this is a tough tough hang and it's even more tough because we're coming off a weekend off and then this is what we're getting back in with. And we've got 275, which is great. Like next week. So this is really just uh, spinning our wheels in the most uh, of fashions. So, yeah, tough hang. Tough hang this weekend. Way to way to sell our viewers. But AK, maybe you are the Prince of Positivity after all. And you are saying into a live microphone that this heavyweight main event you have some yeah. spice to deliver here so i'm just got, I, I i listen we got volkov versus rosenstrike sure we were saying seven and eight i was thinking that these guys are basically fighting for where they're at right now and maybe you disagree with that so sell us on this main event i'm ready for the spiciness first of all eight and nine eight and nine the ma fighting global rankings <laughs> Uh, the only rankings that matter. The my, latest edition my, came out this week. My, Check it out. My mistake. I had them off by one apiece. I apologize. Well, I, I bet they're even lower in the like in the in just the Jed rankings. They're probably oh. lower. Right? No, that might actually be is one of these guys to there. Is one of these guys out of the top ten in your rankings? Hold on, I'll pull them Maybe? up while you give us okay, you the spicy up, yeah. hot takes. First, uh, the second thing is, you know, listen, we're not here to be UFC PR. We don't, we don't, we shouldn't have to sell a card for people. That's not our job. But, but today I will, because I'll tell you what's online in this main event. Do you know? Do you know what neither of these men has ever done in the UFC? Entertain us. Title. Hmm. Hey. Hey. Inter hey, hey, hey. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, these no, these answers are not incorrect. They're just true. You know what? This this question was a little too open ended. That's actually not true. Ro- Rosenstrike getting clobbered by Francis throwing the worst punches <laughs> of all time Listen. is really entertaining. <laughs> Here is something I can tell you statistically: they have never done. Neither man has ever lost two fights in a row in the UFC. Casey, where's the? Oh, sorry, Casey. I I, I didn't give you time to queue up the the. Oh, okay. Let's try that again. We'll fix it in post for the uh, podcast. Neither man has ever lost two straight fights in the UFC. Wow. That is. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, I I'm mean, not going to do it a third time, but I, that's pretty impressive. That's it, it, uh, Rosenstrike has never lost two straight fights, period. Uh, I think Volkov did in Bellator, I think on his way out from he Bellator. Did to Tony okay. Johnson and Czech Congo. I, I, listen, you got to respect that consistency and considering some of the names they fought, they fought mostly top 10, top 15 heavyweights in the UFC to not lose two straight. That's impressive, but something's got to give tonight. Both guys coming off losses. You will witness history. UFC, UFC, if you're out there, use the soundbite. You will, you will witness history on Saturday when one of these heavyweight stalwarts suffers two consecutive losses inside the octagon for the first time. <laughs> Unless they fight to a draw. Mike, why'd you do that? I mean, how, how are we no, treating no that. contests? If like <laughs> after the fact somebody pops for something illegal, then then does this still play into your narrative, AK? I mean, there's there's room here. Neither man has ever gone winless in two straight UFC fights. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound bite. That is, that's how you get fans in the stands right there. That was catchy. Right? But come on. Listen, I, I'm literally, I was in the midst of writing uh, sort of my predictions before we started doing the show. And that that is why, I hope you enjoyed that angle because there's more of that when you see the written version of these predictions. All right? I'm just warning people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so wow. if, you didn't, if you didn't bite into that now, you're going to have a lot to chew. You're not going to have a lot to chew on when you read the predictions uh, in Saturday morning. <laughs> Well, there you go. AK with a, with a very interesting spin on this fight. Nice little factoid. Jed, you are the co-host of No Bets Barred with our friend Connor Burks, GC, who you may know from the MA Hour and also the No Bets Barred podcast. Uh, you probably you know more from the Scarred. No Bets Barred podcast, if we're being yes. honest. I mean, just the, 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 the highest rising show in MMA right now from a gambling perspective. But right now, according to our friends at DraftKings, Alexander Volkov is a minus 160 favorite. Comeback on Jarzy and your Rosenstrike, plus 140. I got to say, I don't see a lot of people on the underdog Jarzy and your Rosenstrike here. Is there value at plus 140 for the underdog Jarzy and your Rosenstrike against the tall, lanky, probably more skilled Alexander Volkov? Oh, I don't know if I'd call him more skilled. That's uh, maybe who can say honestly. Uh, I'm 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 sort of on him. Um, I, I think it's not this fight's close to a coin flip. So if you're betting it, uh, I would say that Rosenstrike's a better side to be on. But I don't think you should bet this fight straight. Uh, I said on on No Bets Barred. I said in my gambling column, which just went live as we went live actually. Uh, why bet? Yeah, you're seeing your Rosenstrike straight up when you can bet him by KO because here's here's a fact for you AK you know what Yair Zinho Rosenstrike has never done in the UFC he's never won by anything other than a knockout he has knocked out everybody he's fought inside the UFC and in fact he only has one non-KO win in his career so you're just getting extra points of value and I 
I don't think he's going to win a decision over Volkov, and I'll cut off my own foot if he submits Volkov somehow. So just bet him by by KO, and instead of getting that number at plus 140, you're getting functionally Rosenstrike at plus 200, and that's a very nice line for a guy who I think has at least close to a 50% chance to win this fight. Like, I the Volkov fight against Aspinall has gives me questions, man. Uh, because yeah, Tommy Aspinall's a rocket ship and he's great, but he looked so much faster than Alexander Volkov. It was sh- honestly shocking. And I don't think of Tom Aspinall as a slow fighter by any means, but they were on two different wavelengths entirely. And Rosenstrike's a pretty good athlete. Um, Rosenstrike's like a mix of a weird mix of Cyril Gaon and Derek Lewis. And both of those guys beat Alexander Volkov. And so, I don't know. I just think he's got a really good chance to win. Uh, I would take him straight. I'm picking him to win the fight outright. And I would certainly take him at these underdog odds, and especially because you can get him by KO prop for even more value. Stylistically, AK, what stands out to you about this fight? Because a lot of people look at it as if Volkov could stay at range and not get suckered into Jarzinho just going all out and sort of blitzing in and landing that that those hooks that he likes to land that finishes fights pretty quickly that he should cruise to a decision here and if anybody finishes it's going to be Jarzinho going in with those blitzes with those counters making his moments count to get a finish here do you view it the same way is there something that stands out stylistically in this fight that that you have your eye on here I, I am scared, Mike. I am scared that uh, one. I've, I know I've hyped up this main event, but it could be a pretty tactical, slow-paced battle. Um, I, I do think I do kind of agree that uh, you know Jairzinho's best bet is to win by knockout. I just don't know if that's going to happen in the first like two minutes or even in the first three rounds. As I mentioned, listen, if I if I'm aware of what's on the line, you don't the fighters are, you don't think there's a lot of anxiety there. For Jairzinho not wanting to lose a second straight fight or for Volkov not wanting to lose his second straight fight for the first time in the UFC, they're aware of the stakes. All right. They they they're jump they have the they have the same angle of this looking at this fight as I do. Okay. So I'm very scared it'll be it'll be a cautious battle. I think I'm not supposed to be the prince of positivity. Uh I'm a little worried this one's gonna go to a decision. I'm sure I'm not the only one who thinks that. Um and Gosh, I will, I will. You know, we'll, we'll talk about winner in a second. I actually haven't, haven't quite made my pick yet, so I'll be making that pick live uh, as we speak. Fight goes to a decision plus one ten. I would also say we mentioned this on No Bets Bard. If you want to bet Alexander Volkov, I would personally say that Volkov by decision is a better bet than Volkov straight because I don't think he's submitting Rosenstrike, and I don't really think he's finishing him either. So. Get him by decision. That's plus money instead of instead of laying some juice as a favorite. It's a very good point. We talked about how the stakes for the winner may not be much. You're probably just cementing the spot you're already in. It's chaos at the top of this division right now because we don't know what's going on with France Ngannou. We know he's hurt. We don't know if he's ever going to fight in the UFC again. We're waiting on John Jones. We're waiting on Stipe to see if something might happen there. And then we have some big fights up the top coming up over the next few months. So. Who needs this one more, Jed? Like, who needs a win here more? Because a win doesn't do a whole hell of a lot, but a loss hurts in a big way, considering we have some serious contenders on the come up, Alexander Romanov, Jelton Almeida, etc. cetera. Uh, I don't think either needs a win more. I think they both really, really need the win. Like, they both really need this win because I think the, a loss here is the end of title aspirations for either guy. 
I don't know how real either man's title aspirations are, given what we've seen of them and kind of where their pretty clearly defined ceilings are, but they still exist to some extent uh, right now. But a loss here, and I think that's that's done. So uh, assuming that both men would like to one day challenge for the title, I think they need this equally as badly, and it is equally as dreadful for either man to lose as far as their long-term career prospects go. All right, let's make our picks here, AK. Uh, can I can I mention the poll? Can I mention the poll? Oh, yes, absolutely. The poll that I actually did properly, uh, not the first poll that was uh, asked nothing and ended with zero percent in both polls. Uh, simply, who who wins the main event uh, right now? Alexander Volkov leading fifty seven percent, Jarzinho twenty nine percent, and I want to put another option there: uh, the fans. Uh, and it is not going well. Uh, the fans at fourteen <laughs> percent. Uh, fans are not not it's expecting not to have a good well. time. Not expecting to have a good time. Uh, I don't know if if Casey threw this comment up there, but uh, Craze said I voted fans because we'll get such a deep sleep, which is just come on now. That's well, not- no, that would be a good thing. Except for this fight's going to happen at seven, so you don't want to be going to sleep at seven. If this was the, like the normal thing, we had fourteen fights that started at six p.m. or whatever. Great, I'm going to get a solid ten hours. But nope, it's at seven p.m. Hey, listen, maybe we'll go to a split decision. We'll argue about op- whether or not open scoring should be instituted inside the major events. But we're not going to go there right now. We're going to go lay AK- down the traffic. Okay, AK, let's let's get your prediction here. Gave you a few extra minutes. You got to reveal the current results of the poll that actually worked. Who gets their hand raised tomorrow? Will it be Alexander Volkov or will it be Jarzinho Rosenstrike? Yeah, let's get weird. Let's get weird. Let's say Rosenstrike finds the KO. All right, you know, I'm I'm picking chaos. I'm picking chaos. I I think obviously my first instinct is. I see Volkov's a bit more well-rounded, more experienced. He's been, you know, uh, which is why he, he, I assume he's the favorite. What, what did you say he was? He is, like he minus, is a favorite. 160? minus 160? Like minus 160. Minus 160. Yeah, that's a, and that's a very fair line. That's a very fair line. But that's not enough for me to think, uh, at least for myself, that's not enough for me to think that like uh, Jairzinho doesn't have ways to win this fight. Let's let's say something weird happens. Let's say, let's say Jairzinho, let's go against what I, like my most pessimistic prediction. Let's go full optimism, full entertainment. Uh, Jairzinho, again, he knows his back is not against the wall, but it's brushing lightly against the wall uh, and comes out firing and gets himself a first round knockout. I want I was going to say submissions because I want uh, Jed to have to cut off his foot, but uh, I don't think that's a I don't think that's a reasonable prediction. So <laughs> let's go first round KO Jairzinho. Screw it. <laughs> I don't think that's a reasonable. You're right. It first wouldn't be a reasonable prediction. <laughs> First round KO for Jarzinho. Jed, you're picking Jarzinho, or do you have a round? Do you have a certain thing that 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 you have playing out in your mind of how this fight actually ends? I ha- what are you thinking in terms of how this fight ends? I have him by third round KO, largely because it was just like, eh, why not? Derek Lewis did it. That seems like a good round to to go for. But like, I don't. This is a very weird narrative that Volkov is just like a much better fighter than him. Like I think he probably is a slightly better fighter and like he can kind of take people down-ish every once in a blue moon. But Jairzinho Rosenstrike, he's not he's not a heroic striker by any means, but this dude has a pretty long history in kickboxing. Like and Volkov is probably just gonna kickbox with him. That's I think I think he can probably just win a straight up fight with with Volkov on the feet, especially because I think he's more powerful and he can kick the legs a bunch. And I think Volkov might be on the downside of his career. He's been fighting for a really long time, so 
I'm just going to assume that eventually he's really athletic and he hits very hard. And Volkov has struggled with both of those things before, especially with someone with a little bit more craft than some of the other guys that he has managed to do his, I'm going to call it a cardio kickboxing game, even though it's slightly more dangerous than a cardio kickboxing game. But yeah, I'm taking Rosenstrike by KO in the third. I thought about this fight. I thought the lines were kind of there is value on Rosenstrike because like Jed said I I think that there it, this is a closer fight than the betting odds indicate and this is a closer fight than I've seen a lot of people on Twitter sort of advocate for I think a lot of people think this Volkov's just going to pick him apart for 25 minutes and I I think one thing that sort of factors in and I know you can kind of use this is this example against me because we saw him fight Cyril Gaon and it didn't go very well it wasn't all that thrilling of a fight but this is the small cage. This is the small cage. And I think Jarzinho Rosenstrike learned a lot. And I don't think Volkov can do the types of things that Cyril Gaon did. I don't know if Volkov can hold Jarzinho against the fence for 25 minutes and just sort of grind out a decision that way. I think there's going to be a lot of striking. I don't see a lot of takedowns in this fight. And I think eventually, I just think 25 minutes is a very long time for a fight that's going to take place on the feet for like 90% of it. Rosenstrike just needs to land a couple of big shots and this thing could be over. So to me, I think there is value on Jarzinho Rosenstrike from a betting perspective. And with that said, I think, I think Jarzinho is going to be a lot more aggressive here. I think he has to be a lot more aggressive here. I think he needs to win this one. I actually think he needs this one more than Volkov does. I think if Volkov, lo- I think the loser of this fight is going to get fed to Romanov and that's just not fun for anybody, but I think there's a little more upside to Jarzinho right now. So give me Jarzinho. I'm going to go right in the middle with a second round KO gets it done. Maybe he has a tough first round, but bounces back. Maybe he has a Derek Lewis esque second round and gets it done. All three of us go with the dog here. Wow. A sweep, a sweep for Jarzinho. And, and this means well, Alexander Volkov, unbelievably will lose two straight fights in the UFC. If we're right, uh, you know, you know, Jed, we just did the, uh, that bold predictions for the second half of 2022 podcast. I can't believe none of us said Volkov is going to have his first UFC losing. Maybe it was too bold. I think I think we just thought, oh well, that's not gonna happen. Well, you know, he's also lest lest we forget the Helwani dog of the week as well. So I mean, a lot of lot of late steam coming in on Charizinho Rosenstrike. Dang. All right. I mean, a lot. See, here we go. A lot of people are going to disagree with us, and that's fine. That's why we have the fights, and. That's it. But I feel small cage. I feel like Jarzinho, if he's just aggressive, he has a really good chance to win this fight. And if he stays in Volkov's range and just keeps getting kicked in the body all night, that's going to be a big problem. But I just don't think that's the game plan here to have a range kickboxing fight. I don't. Yeah, that's craziness. That's Volkov's best path to victory. And Jarzinho has been in those positions before. I just don't see it happening again in this in this circumstance. So. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. We were kind of bold with the main event pick. 
Will we be as no. bold, if not bolder, with the co-main event? Because we have the wily, very durable veteran, the exciting Dynamite Dan Ige or 50K Ige, however you want to call him. Both of those nicknames fit. Taking on the undefeated, rising featherweight contender, Mavzar Evloyev. This is the fight I think everyone's got circled right now in terms of actual fight and intrigue and where these guys could go. I think a lot. there's a lot of excitement around Evloyev, and Danny Gay is a difficult out. He's been in these spots before and has come through. AK, your thoughts on this co-main event? I think all of us have been pretty high on Evloyev, and Danny Gay is a very difficult test. He's a very durable guy, and he's going to give Evloyev everything he's got. So your thoughts on the matchup in this co-main? Is this a co-main event on top of that? Of course, of course. It features two fighters ranked in the actual MMA fighting uh, global rankings, top 15. I believe it's uh, Ige at 13, Evloyev at 14. By the way, guys, that's the, 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 main, that's the main event and the co-main event both feature fighters that are one spot apart in our rankings. I think that indicates that we kind of know what we're talking about as far as um, you know how, how, how it should lead to logical matchmaking. So kudos to us for, for uh, gauging these talents properly so far, even though we're not always in agreement of where they are in the rankings. But uh, I'm so high on Evloyev. Um, earlier, uh, the uh, rankings uh, show this week, we did a little bit where we said, uh, we took four featherweight, we took a bunch of contenders from different divisions. Featherweight was one of them. Uh, featherweight, we have to take four names. It was including Bryce Mitchell, Arnold Allen, uh, Toporia, and Mosar Evloyev, and kind of figured out which one of these is kind of a pretender as far as contenders go, which one of these guys is almost guaranteed to fight for a title someday. Most of us lean towards Toporia, but Evloyev was kind of like right there. It was just so close. And, you know, if they had I had Arnold there, Allen. You had Arnold Allen. You are you are a big Arnold Allen guy. You had him in your – Most of us. You had – I think two people three took Toporia. Three out of four. Took, was it three that took Toporia? But you must have had Evloyev as like your second kind of second highest. I had guy. I had it Allen Evloyev Taporia. Yeah, and yeah. then then Bryce Mitchell. Oh wait, someone someone's telling me Ev Ev Eve Oh Evliov. That's not how you know. I'm going with how I'm going with how how I say it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Evloyev. Uh, yeah, well, most of us are pretty confident. I didn't have him any lower than like saying like he's going to at least you know be a top five guy, maybe, fight, you know, own an interim title someday. And, and for good reason. And, and I wish that he had fought to Puria as they were booked to do so a few months ago, certainly would have answered some questions. But this is a, another very good logical test. Uh, I think that I'll give the matchmakers a lot of credit. Um, you know, that they're moving on from that matchup now and instead giving him a, a, a more established UFC name in Danny Gay, a guy who has been in the top 10, top 12, kind of lingering around there for, uh, for quite some time. And I don't think there's, and like, I, I'm sure Danny Gay wouldn't want to look at it this way, but he has kind of settled into that gatekeeper role, that top 10 gatekeeper role. And there's no shame in that. Um, does that mean that this is a walkover for Mozart Evloyev? Absolutely not. Uh, I think I think Evloyev is going to be tested. But this is the kind of test you want to see him have at this point in his career. Win or lose, win or lose. You know what? Maybe he loses. Either way, whatever happens to him, I don't think it's going to diminish uh, what we think of him. Uh, by the end of the night, I am predicting an Evloyev win. I'll, I'll go decision. I'll go decision. I think Ige is really tough to put away, but I think Evloyev's game is just so all around, so complete. I think at this point, like physically, he's in his prime, uh, and it's just a super exciting prospect. And I expect him to make a statement, which is why I think this uh, this matchup was put together. Jed, your thoughts on this matchup, this co-main event? Uh, you're very high on Evloyev, and if memory serves me correctly, no bets barred. You felt you feel this is going to be one way traffic. For sure the do. Yeah, I think this is I think this is great matchmaking because the outcome should be very predetermined. 
uh, and it moves Evloyev up into that kind of top 10 area of the division and, and lets him start building a resume to challenge for a title. I have absolutely nothing bad to say about Dan Ige, but the numbers, I know Casey's not a huge numbers guy, uh, so I will also anecdotally answer this. Dan is not very good at stopping takedowns, and you know what Mavsar Evloev is really good at? Evloev is really good at taking people down and running them on the floor. Uh, the Dan Ige gave up takedowns, like repeated takedowns, to stalwart wrestler Chan Sung Jung, a man who is often just known for his D1 credentials. So I suspect Mavsar Evloev is going to just absolutely rinse Dan Ige. I think he's going to take him down and just control him for 15 because, I mean, as as AK said, Dan Ige, extremely durable. He's never been finished in his career, and Evloyev's never finished anybody in the UFC. This seems like the most obvious Evloyev by decision, uh, and so that's where I'm at. I have bets down on that, and I feel feel pretty good about it, frankly. Listen, I, I get where you're coming from. I think this is going to be a closer fight than people think. I think Ige is going to be in there. I think Ige might even have Evloyev in trouble for a, a moment or two in this fight. Landed a big shot and getting him on his heels a little bit. This is definitely the biggest test in Evloyev's career thus far. So I do like the matchup in, in that sense. I'm with you, Jed. I am going Evloyev, but I think this. I don't think this is like a 30-26. I, I don't feel like – like when Bryce Mitchell fought Edson Barboza, I felt very confident that Bryce Mitchell was going to go in there in 30-24 at Barboza. Like, I had no doubts. I felt very confident about that. I don't feel as confident here that we'll see that type of one-sided win, but I do favor of Loyev to, to win a decision. AK, your thoughts? How are you picking this one? Yeah, like I said, uh, Evloyev on the scorecards. And, and I think it will be a pretty definitive performance and not the kind that has us going like, oh, well, you know, Danny Gay, you know, isn't, isn't – uh, isn't on his level. I think. I think in a way that it impresses so much that we'll that like we'll be speaking more positively about Mobstar's performance than we will about let's, any like shortcomings from Danny Gay. Oh, he's just a gatekeeper and all that. No, I think. I think we'll see a, like a really, if not the best version, like the uh, really high level version of Danny Gay. And it's. I think Evloev will still excel against that quality of opponent. So I'm, I'm, as people can tell, I'm very excited for this matchup. Yeah, I love the matchmaking, as, as Jed said. I think they did a great job with it. Um, I think Ige will have many other good fights after this one. I just think it's definitely going to be Evloyev's night. And I think uh, we'll be talking uh, we'll be talking about a lot more in the next ranking show. Let me put it that way. I know it's a, it's a month away now until our next ranking cycle. Uh, but uh, I he will be making a big, big impact the featherweight rankings. So I do wonder where he's going to land in a lot of people's uh, personal rankings after Saturday night. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna grow from this fight no matter what, Evloyev, and this is gonna be a this is the right sort of path for him to take to move on. Hey, to that Kate, level you not even have you don't even have him at. in your rankings. Do you uh, no, he's rankings? not. He, I let me uh, let me look. I don't think he's in my. I don't think he's personally I, in my top fifteen you, yet. You don't. I'll look. Mike, I'll look. I'll look. Mike, you do. Good man. But let, let me let me let me defend it. Let me defend it. Let me defend it. Um, this I mean, this he doesn't is have the marquee win. Well, look, yeah, that's 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 my thing for a lot of people. Like, if you say a lot of my rankings, you'd be like, "Why isn't this person in the top 15? And it's like, "Oh, I'll say, "Oh, they need the marquee win. They need to beat a ranked guy." That isn't always the case. Like, obviously, Arnold Allen is in there uh, because I mean, he's just won what, nine fights in a row. Uh, I mean, look, he's going to take uh, so holding down my 15 spot is uh, Habulayev, the PFL champion, and mm-hmm. he's not competing this year, uh, and he won't be automatically removed until like 
until like next year, I think. I think most of us are just going to have to take him out at some point. We know he's not competing this season. He's got an injury. Yeah, so I, prob- so, I probably should pull him from mine. Well, I mean, but he is very good. He is very good. It's a shame that he's not coming back to the I know I have him 10. Yeah. Um, and then I have also Barbosa and Mitchell, who I, I think I think fairly well, I would put above Evloyev now. I could see an argument for Evloyev above Barbosa, of course, but I'm def- I definitely hang on to my veterans. I give a lot of respect yeah. to veterans until uh, until they drop down. But uh, yeah, I'm expecting him to enter the ranking, my rankings for sure. Uh, the betting community is is agreeing with you right now. Minus four hundred, the line on Mobzar Evloyev, Danny Gay, the plus three hundred underdog here uh rest of the main card i mean we have those two fights we have mike trezano lucas almeida we got pollyanna botelio versus kareen silva ode osborne versus zaruk adashev which could actually be a pretty fun fight uh and we have the main event the people's main event if we're being honest alonzo menafield on the card Mazarov. now btl we laid this out heck of a morning we expounded upon it even further jed allow i will allow you to open the door here why is this fight so interesting now this fight was wasn't i mean it was just there it got bumped up to the main card i believe some, I, I believe this is, is it, the one that got bumped. Oh, no. Was no, it always the, there? The, no, the Odie Osborne fight's the one that got swapped with uh, um, the strawweight, the the Herrig Kovalkiewicz fight. That, that okay. got swapped. Why this is this always the main card fight. fight on the card? <laughs> Why is this the best one? Because MMA is a stupid sport, and this is awesome. Um, so if you haven't <laughs> listened to anything from us this week or you haven't been on the internet streets of, of MMA – uh, Asker Mosharov is incredible, and um, if if you've been paying attention to like topology, you'll have noticed that his his record keeps changing. And I think at the start of the week he was like he had like twenty six and seven. Yeah, I was say he had like twenty six and seven. His record is now nineteen and twelve. And if you're asking yourself, self, how does that happen on fight week? Well, go to Sherdog. Uh, Jay Petrie did a write-up uh, on the Fight Finder files where he basically outlines how <laughs> Mozarov has repeatedly and apparently successfully defrauded the people about his record uh, with fraudulent wins, trying to get losses expunged from his record, even though they actually happened. And he did this so successfully that he's found his way into the UFC, apparently. And on fight week, he has had eight wins disappear from his record. So this is incredible. Um, it's my favorite thing. Honestly, I think it's my favorite story that's happened this year. It, uh, especially the last four fights have all finished in like five seconds or something. Like the combined fight time is I think less than a minute or some absurdly low number like that. So this is just hysterically funny. At this point, no one can trust anything that is actually on his record as being valid. And he may or may not be a like competent fighter. <laughs> we're we're going to, I guess, find out when he fights Alonzo Menafield. But this is awesome. And I desperately, desperately want him to win so we can ask him about all of this nonsense for law because if he loses it's all just gonna go away and be like oh yeah that dude's a fraud and hey game the system good for him but if he wins then this gets to be an ongoing story about his perpetual fraud and it's the best so i this is the <laughs> fight i am the most looking forward to this weekend it's not even close 
Yes, I, I like where your head's at. I like everything about this. It's tremendous. He did sort of talk about it at his media day scrum, tried to explain it, saying that. But that was, bef- that was before yeah. the heat really was, came down. Like yeah, before that was before he's, really he went under 20 it. wins. Yeah, now he's at 19 wins. He's 19, it's crazy he lost, how much his record has changed. He lost eight wins in the span of four days. And I think he gained like seven losses. Because I think he had the game of the week, he was like 25 and 7. Now he's 19 seven. and 12. So, so he gained five losses and lost eight yeah. wins. <laughs> awesome. It's so – and like I said this yesterday and it's still true. Like we don't know if this is the stopping point. Like because he is repeatedly just like – it wasn't like, ooh, he was at 27 and then he went. It was like he was at 27 and then he was at 24. And you can go listen to No Bets Bard, a uh, great podcast. You should listen to it. On that podcast, Connor and I are talking. He's like, that's weird. Most Harf was at like 24 wins, and now he's at like 21. I don't know what happened. <laughs> and we just kind of – because we didn't know the story, and we blew past it. And then the next day lost two more. So like by time, he could be a 500 fighter. Like that is in play, and it's awesome. <laughs> and uh, the and UFC never on their website it, has him. Yeah. Yeah. They have a 19 and 12, so they're they're going with uh yeah, this is oh, they, the oh they updated it. They, they updated did. it. They did. He, was at so they, zero, he was at zero and zero yesterday on oh, their okay. website. No, they, they had no, him as they, they had his they record as zero zero zero. Yeah, this has never happened during UFC fight week. Apparently, again, they, they really cross. I think you mentioned it, Jay, Jay Petri and uh Sherdog. The, the article, by the way, is called is called uh, is from a series called The FF Files, and the article's called It's All Been a Pack of Lies. Now, if you're in the media and you and you're and you and you're gonna go with the head like that, you you like you gotta feel real strongly about this. And I definitely recommend people read this on Sherdog.com. And it is really funny because as Jed said, it's hilarious in multiple ways, much of which is because the wounds to uh, uh, Askarov's, <laughs> excuse me, um, Morozov's record are like self-inflicted because they kept they they kept like needling Sherdog, like, hey, you shouldn't do this, like you, oh, hey, 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 hey give us the this win back. Yeah, they were sending like threats. They were sending f- messages from fake accounts saying like, "Oh, I'm an official with this promotion that he fought for. I assure you, this fight was legit." Full Metal Dojo. And it made- it's not even yeah. a fake promotion. It's Full yeah. Metal Dojo. And it just made them. Di- it made the the Sherdog team dig further and further and further. And as Jed said, take away wins, add on losses, uh, f- verify these things. So it's really crazy. Um, but yeah, listen, this could this guy could be as real as like Iranian Hulk. You know what I mean? Like we could see, I mean, at least I saw him at the scale. At least he did look like a professional athlete. Like he looks like a human being that exists. Um, but uh, fight why? I don't think we've ever covered him in Misfits before. I was trying to look. I'm like, I don't think he's even, which is crazy with his record. You think with supposedly all these there like were, crazy finishes. I feel like we, had, up there I feel like we had that eight second bare knuckle KO somewhere. Maybe. I feel, I feel like Maybe. that eight second bare knuckle. I feel like I've seen the eight second <laughs> Sounds bare familiar. knuckle KO. Sounds familiar. <laughs> this so, is yeah. awesome. Everything about this, this is great. Story. And if Alonzo Menafield fights like the dude, like in his first like two or three UFC fights, this fight is going to be awesome because Mazarov, like he, as Jed likes to say, he's a get or get got guy, like the definition of it. And if Alonzo goes after him, like he did in his first couple fights, like pre-William Knight, boy, oh boy, this will be a fun one. These two are just going to throw absolute hammers at each other until somebody just- falls, but... Don't you just have to go after him? Like, isn't that you just have to assume that he's entirely fraudulent and can't fight a lick? And so you just gotta go like that's what I would if I was in his corner, be like, I don't know, man. Nobody who's actually a real fighter 
would be this can like this focused on defrauding people like just go <laughs> swing just go swing you're probably gonna put him down despite uh, everything about this wait. is my favorite i'm so excited yes uh so before we go to the peeps we're not gonna do a low-key banger because i feel like pretty much every that, fight on this card the is a low-key low banger, banger. That's, yeah, the low that's the low-key banger key for me it's not close oh, johnny muno's tony gravely could be fun i was gonna say shout yeah. out to that that's a great bantamweight matchup it's a really good, good fight it's a really good fight that's actually one of the very few fights on this card that i will call a very good fight yeah Fight of the night, AK. What wins fight of the night? Uh, well, I actually I think uh, Damon Jackson Argueta has a chance too. I like both those guys. I like Damon Jackson a lot. Damon Jackson is is I think is always can always always has the potential to be exciting. And uh, Argueta, yeah, a bit of a, you know he's a newcomer. I liked him on the Ultimate Fighter. He kind of he didn't do great in the show, but uh, he he lost the eventual winner Ricky Tercio. So maybe with a different matchup, he could have gone further. Uh, so I like him a lot. I, I think I think that's definitely a sleeper. On the, I'm trying to think one from the main card. <sighs> I, I'm gonna go with the prelim. I think we will get a prelim. It will be a prelim. It'll be either the Damon Jackson Argueta fight or the Munoz uh, Tony Gravely fight. I feel pretty confident about that. Jed, Ooh, it's really tough. Um, I, honestly, like not even as a joke. I think there's a really good chance uh, Minifield Mosarov is it, just because I think those two dudes are just gonna come and chuck them. And there's actually not a lot of just chucking it on on this fight card. Um, so. Uh, I'll no, but just because I don't want to do that, I'll say Joe Selecki, Alex De Silva, because um, that could be ugly fun. Yeah, I want to say Mozarov gets double bonuses. Like I just want to say that so bad. Like they have the fight of the night, but then he gets the KO in the first round and gets the performance of the night too. That would just be the best story. Oh my gosh, what a lead into two seventy five. But I'm, I like. Really I mean, there's a lot guy. to like here. There's a lot of options. I think Jeff Molina, Zalga Zumagulov could be a lot of fun. It just depends. Like Jeff, Jeff likes to, Jeff just likes to get in absolute wars. And he's, I think he's the better fighter here. But if he just wants to get into a war with this guy, it just could be a lot of fun. Uh, but if he wants to get him out of there quickly, kind of like we saw in his second UFC fight, that could very well happen as well. So it all just kind of depends on what, what Jeff wants. Um, yeah, and Ode Osborne's Rook Adashev could be a could be a fun one as well. Because Adashev's just such I, a mystery. I think he sucks, but I can't be sure. Like he I, looks, am I mean really, he was a different dude. It is it is he was an entirely fight, he? different fighter. He was an entirely different fighter against Ryan Benoit. And so he sucked all the way until he fought Ryan Benoit, and then he's like actually pretty decent. And so I have no idea if he's good. I don't know if that was just like if he, something clicked and he figured it out or if he'd been sandbagging. Like, I don't know. I don't have any concept on what that man does. If he's good, that fight is probably actually going to be the fight of the night. But if he sucks, Odie Osborne's just going to beat him over the head and we're going to be done. I just, well, I just don't know which go. of the two is true. We'll find out. See, we, we just add, we've added so intrigue. much intrigue to this card from, from the beginning of this thing. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. 
Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Let's go to the peeps, and maybe the people can add some more intrigue to this. We'll take a few questions. There's Casey. Hello. Hello, Casey. You have, Hello. You have sleeves on. I know. I, I, you got me self-conscious yesterday after after. <laughs> Why? I was noting the guns. That you yeah, just, well, why? You I know. would never wear sleeves either if I was 30, 24. <laughs> I did. I did have a sleeve shirt earlier than the last second. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm either long sleeves or no sleeves. I'm, I, I don't like in-betweens. I mean, yeah. No half measures. All right. All right. No uh, such thing as halfway crooks. <laughs> hey. Excellent. <laughs> Uh, here we go. Just some, oops. Ooh, let me get that a little bigger. Uh, Rosa Strike versus Volkov is the most boring possible <laughs> high-level heavyweight fight out there. Listen, there have been there have been some heavyweight heavyweighty made events. There have been far worse than this one, Jed. Right? We, oh yeah, man. That's go I ahead. mean, look, this is one. Yarzinho Rosa Strike is mostly a fun fighter. Like he's getting he a wins. lot of flack, even when he loses. He like. Oh, yeah. Sure. Well, the Curtis Blades, like, that's mm-hmm. a Curtis Blades problem, not so much the Arsenio <laughs> Rosenstrike problem. And the Cyril Gon fight was just a really bad style, but, like, it was incredibly fun to watch <laughs> Francis and Gon. I've watched that clip probably more than any KO in the last five years because it's hilarious. And so, like, he's catching a lot of flack. Now, Volkov, that's fair. I think Volkov is can be exciting, but, like, we already saw Alexander Volkov fight Marcin Tibera, and so I don't know. That's a pretty high level heavyweight fight, and I don't, I don't need to see them fight again. But they probably will at some point because that's how heavyweight works. Is Volkov we, probably the the highest ranked but least exciting heavyweight in recent memory? I guess maybe. Like just like I mean, you know, he's he's clearly well, very good, but like I'm just never interested in watching him. With, your mileage varies with Curtis Blades. I think yeah. most people would say Curtis Blades, though I think Curtis Blades is is very good. I will I won't stand on the hill that he's exciting though. That's that that's a take even for me. Yeah. I, I'm assuming this question meant UFC only because we literally just saw Ryan Bader versus Czech Congo too. That Which wasn't I high would... level. He said he does stipulate that's high a level. Cha- that's a championship <laughs> fight, brother. Uh, that's a championship Czech, fight. Congo have victories over one of these gentlemen? Czech Congo's, Czech Congo's in this fight. He does, but that was also like a decade ago. Every Czech Congo fight is a decade ago. Yeah. And Czech Congo yeah, isn't, isn't I, even in his prime yet. So I, I agree. It all was a decade ago. I'm not saying that Fedor fighting in the year of our Lord 2022 is high-level MMA either. It just is what it is. As a, that was a championship rematch that headlined a, a, a show recently. I consider that high level. So I will say this. I will say this question to this question. A firm we have no. very different definitions of a high firm level. No, Bader beats both these gentlemen. Yeah, right. There we go. I am not as confident in that. I mean, he probably beats Rosen. He probably beats Rosenstrike. I'm not as confident he beats Volkov, though okay. he certainly could. No, 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 Ryan Bader disrespect here. We have Bader at 10. Oh, we have him behind. Oh, we do actually have him behind Volkov. Well, one behind. So we have Volkov eight, Rosenstrike nine, Bader at 10 in our rankings. Yeah. That sounds right. Wow. That sounds right. That sounds wow. right. Yeah, I agree. I even had to rank Bader because of that stupid Czech Congo win. 
Uh, you had to. Yeah, you couldn't take him every out. Every way this is such Dominant. a garbage division. Dominant. 50-45, baby. 50-45. Every way is so bad. Yeah, I do have Vader one spot behind Volkov. Yeah, but ahead of Rosenstrup. I don't. I don't want to go on a big digression. Did you guys see Cormier putting uh, heavyweight in his top five like divisions? He was like top five best divisions, <laughs> but heavyweight in there. Like, I respect it. That's oh, that's the ta- that's how you get to the Skip Bayless position. That is yeah. Like that. That's how you get the it had it had the nice ESPN logo next to it. I'm like, yeah, this is a very ESPN-y list. Like he knows he's he knows what he's doing. Yeah, heavyweight is literally it's it's bottom three. Has to be undeniably bottom three. I guess bottom four if you want to count women's featherweight as division. (laughs) But there you go. The problem with this fight is 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 it that it's the main event? If this was just a fight, or maybe the co-main event, would it be? Yes, this would be a fine co-main event. Yeah, I think both guys coming off. Yeah, the problem is that it just. It, it has almost no stakes because, as we talked about, the winner does gets nothing from this in a division that's not really going anywhere because the champion's probably not ever returning to the organization. And an interim title fight between two dudes who haven't fought in a year is, is in play. Like, there's just nothing to hang. And it's 25 minutes of what may be oh. sucking. Like, it's just, this is just nothing to hang your hat on here. Oh, two straight, yeah. Avoiding two straight losses. Avoiding two straight losses. You're just trying, said, AK, and I respect your ability to promote. Yeah, we're, we're all talking about it. You just said twi- I totally it. forgot about the 25-minute thing. God dang it. Like this this, Bro, this, card, this card may end early, but it won't feel like it, end, it ends early, I feel but like. that's I, I would be a liar if I didn't say that at least part of my prediction of Rosenstrike in the third is probably because I really just don't want to fathom 25 minutes <laughs> of this fight. So I'm like, small cage. Yeah. Garzino just swings a hammer and gets the job done. That's great. That's all we need. I think that informed all of our picks, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I, hope. Can, I have dinner plans. Third round knockout. <laughs> so. All right. Uh, no. You guys think Danny no Gay will get – absolutely not. Danny Gay no D- could have – there are a lot of – because Dan's still a good fighter like there are a lot of people who thought he beat josh emmett in his last fight there's a lot of like go to MMA decisions to split down the middle fun. Mm-hmm. yeah really he is fun very fighter. fun the fight with calvin cater was was a great fight he the tkz fight was a little different because tkz wrestled and i don't think anybody saw that coming and before that dan had an incredible knockout of gavin tucker just out of nowhere when gavin was on his way up coming off a tremendous performance heading into that fight so they were putting Gavin Tucker in the same kind of position they're putting Evloyev in right now. And Dan knocked him out in like 16 seconds. So Dan's an exciting guy. And you know what's good about Danny Gay that the UFC likes? He says yes to everything. I would say he's, are, he's, there's, there's other guys in this division who are not taking Man this doesn't fight. rock the boat. My this man does true. not rock the boat. This is true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's, he's taking the fight that I'm assuming many other featherweights passed on, I would assume. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, uh, it would be three straight losses if he loses. And it'll be his first loss against really an un, a, an unranked fighter, at least in, in my rankings. Um, not not that um, Mosvar isn't going to be eventually a highly ranked fighter. He's just not there well, yet. The, the, UFC, the UFC has him ranked at 13. So from the UFC's mm-hmm. perspective, that won't even – like it just won't be a, a big deal even. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I do I do agree. But I think it's – I think it's – it's it's fair to ask, but I think Danny sure. Gay is yeah. um yeah is good yeah. He's Danny good. Gay is the kind of guy you want to build a company with. You want a bunch of Danny Gays in your company in your promotion, for sure. 
And I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna fight his ass off. I think he's gonna have moments in this fight. I don't think he's just gonna get completely steamrolled. I think he's gonna have moments. He's gonna make this a, a somewhat competitive fight, more competitive than the betting lines and most other people are giving him credit for. But I do think Evloyev will win. I just think the one. I think the wrestling and the takedowns. He does that so well. But I think Ige is gonna land some shots in this fight and it's gonna make things interesting. You know, and even if Ige gets totally just blown up, blown out. I don't. I think it's gonna be one of those fights where we're gonna be going, "Whoa, look how good Evloyev, Evloyev, Evloyev." Sorry, Evloyev, Mazar, his opponent, <laughs> Mazvar. Uh, I think it's gonna be one of those fights where we're really talking talking up his opponent rather than, "Man, Danny has lost a step." I think it's one of those fights. So, uh, yeah. Danny is good. Uh, if he wins, he wins. Great. Uh, I just like this comment. Greg Hardy versus Volkov is the first <laughs> fight I showed him. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that was dreadful. not a... Uh, dreadful. Yeah. That happened. I mean, right. I like it. We don't, we don't need more people in this community. Who needs more MMA fans, yeah. right? Just show them that and we're good. We're good. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the curtain jerker. Oh, you mean arguably the best fight on the entire card? Arguably, yes, it is. Yes. Yeah, we didn't talk about it. I knew the peeps would. Uh, first fight of the night, Aaron Blanchfield taking on J.J. Aldrich. This is a really good fight. I'm curious what the betting lines are in this one. I'm oh, sure. Blanchfield is the biggest favorite on the card. I think she's she tied really? with somebody. Minus uh, well, 475. No, because no, Damon Jackson continues to get steamed up. Holy minus hell. 675 for Damon Jackson. So wow. Aaron he he opened it like minus 200. You know what, Daniel? Dan, I, I should have mentioned this before, and I said I was looking forward to this fight, though. Dan Agrawet is—he is way smaller than him. He is not a feather. Sure, he is not a feather. Yeah, so the size shouldn't matter. He looked tiny. He's tiny compared to him. Yeah. But this number has moved so much. Like it's so a little crazy. Much. It is. I don't know if Damon Jackson wild. should be that should be that favorite against anyone. And I say he that opened at minus two hundred. Really good. He opened at yeah, minus two hundred and has been steamed to minus six, whatever it is. That's crazy. Six seventy-five. Yeah. And that a lot of that even came in late because when we, when we recorded No Bets Barred, I think he and Blanchfield were the same, and I think Blanchfield is hung about at minus four seventy five, something in that the whole time. Um, maybe she was up to minus five hundred at that point, but man, yeah, that line dropped a little bit. Game. Yeah. Uh, so, how dominant will Aaron Blanchfield win tomorrow? Is this? I'm, I'm sure. I think all of us are picking Aaron, but I think we all expect JJ to put up a pretty good fight here. I think we all. JJ is a, is a good fighter. She is a yes. good fighter. She's a tough out for a lot of these gals, but we are all very high on Aaron Blanchfield and we see a very, very, very high ceiling for her. So will this be Aaron Blanchfield running over JJ Aldrich tomorrow, AK, or is this a little more competitive than the betting lines suggest? I have to imagine it's going to be competitive. I mean, I know JJ Aldrich doesn't jump off the page for a lot of people. She's fought in the UFC 10 times and she's seven and three. It's not like she just hangs around. They just throw in there with one. But she's seven and three, and she's beaten some good people. I think a lot of people will point to her fight with uh, Macy Barber, which was a little disappointing. I think that might be probably one of her worst performances. And you know, that was the last time she was up against a super high prospect, and and Macy Barber lived up to the hype. So I get it. People might be looking at that and saying, "Well, Aaron Blanchfield's even better than Macy Barber." So you know, doing some MMA math. But I, I think uh, I don't think you can look at it that way. Um, I think Macy Barber and Aaron Blanchfield are very, very different fighters. Have very, very different approaches to um, how they'll how they'll fight Gigi Aldrich. I am picking Blanchfield, but I, man, I cannot stress enough to people, like, 
I, I guess I just uh, it's fair to say I have not been as bullish on her prospects as other people. And this isn't because I'm unaware of Aaron Blanchfield is. If anyone knows, I interviewed her twice, I think, before she came to the UFC. So I've always been like super high on her. But she's 23 years old. She's in a division that I think is better than people give it credit for. I always say women's 125 is actually a pretty strong division. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't know why people think like all these prospects it's, that are coming up are just going to run because through Because Valentina. That's why. Because Val's the, the yeah, Val's yeah. the, because, yeah, exactly. The champion at the top it's is so the, dominant that it, it, it's the same thing we used to say about flyweight. Like, yeah. sure. Flyweight. flyweight has always been an awesome division. Ha, and everyone's absolutely. like, oh, no, Demetrius Johnson's wins are garbage compared to John Jones. Like, actually, light heavyweight sucks ass and flyweight <laughs> rules. Yeah. DJ's beating Joseph Benavidez and these yeah. fun people and John Jones God. fighting like six middleweights. It's not a fun division, but <laughs> so, it's just when you have a dominant person, it makes the rest of the division seem diminished. Yeah, which is which is understandable. It's, that's, that's not like a crazy perspective to have. That's understandable. Well, and the UFC um, bearing fighters like Aaron Blanchfield on a card like the, this rather the, than yeah. – you know, I don't understand. It's bad. Understand. It's yeah, bad. So. It's 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 not fun to be the. It's good to be the main card opener, but to be the prelim opener, that's like essentially saying like if oh if you come late you might miss this one, but don't worry about it, and like that's a terrible place to be in. Um, I know we have streaming now; people can always go back and watch the fight, and if there's a highlight finish, people watch. I get, I understand that, but there is a perception thing that that uh, the UFC kind of it needs to work on when it comes to prospects like this. But I'll say. Uh, whether she has a dominant win or not, or whether she's upset, whether she's upset by again a very, I think a good fighter in JJ Aldrich, I don't want people to go crazy either way. I don't want if she runs through Aaron Blanchfield, I don't want people to go like, oh man, she's two fights away from Valentina, like she's a beat. And if she if she loses to to, to JJ Aldrich, I don't want people saying, oh well, she was exposed and now she's not going to make it. The the truth, she is twenty three years old, guys. We do, we do not even know what fighter she's going to. Be. She's nowhere near being a finished product. So I tell both sides to kind of just. Cool, cool your jets a little bit as far as is she a future champion is she just someone who's who's going to be like a, a decent you know a uh, contender in the uh, flyweight division for a long time the truth is probably somewhere in between so unless you have money i mean if you're betting on stuff great and you, you like legitimately have money invested in aaron blanchfield by all means pump, pump her tires but i don't know i don't see the need to like go all in or all out <laughs> on on aaron blanchfield like i don't i don't know why people need to do that and of course mike you know i'm still bitter over our pals tristan calling me out on uh and he's done, he's done this to me through direct messages too. So, but my whole thing is, hey, if you're a fan, that's great. But don't be, don't be disappointed if she loses, and don't be too super, you know, hyped up if she if she wins. It's, it's, we have a long way to go with the Aaron Blanchfield story. Right. Go ahead, Jed. I disagree with everything AK said. <laughs> fair. That's fair. That's fair. Have have fun. If you want to believe that she is the next coming, that's great. You should do it because I'm not that far off. And let me tell you. If we've talked about it on various other shows, that's how I live my life. And that's why my rankings, I have Mozart, I have Luev in the top 10. And I have Arnold Allen, I think like four at Featherweight. Yeah, you have him very high. And, and it's been a great year for me as the people that I have kind of projected high have been delivering for me. My number two welterweight uh, coming off a fight of the year with Gilbert Burns, probably going to either compete for the belt by the end of this year. Feels great. So it's okay to get on the bus early and, you know, drive drive that drive that train down the tracks, baby. It's fun. That's, MMA is supposed to be fun. That's what fandom is. So don't pump your brakes. No brakes. All gas, baby. No brakes. Ride it until it hits the inevitable wall. And then you pick up the pieces and you keep moving on. That's, that's what fandom is about. The only thing else I want to say on this fight – I understand that the UFC is bad at their job, and I say it all the time. They're really bad here because, sure, if you want to bury women's flyweight because whatever, that's fine. 
like I mean, you shouldn't, but at least I can I can recognize that that's a position to have, and there's some validity to it. But how, in the name of all things holy, do you have this flyweight bout with the best prospect in the division, arguably, and it's the curtain jerker? But you have a women's flyweight fight on the main card that is not nearly as good. <laughs> like, no disrespect, Polly Matelio or Corrine Silva. It is insane to me that that fight is not the curtain jerker and that Aaron Blanchfield isn't on the main card. At least I don't know what we're doing here. Hey, listen, can't argue with that. But look, but if you're Aaron Blanchfield, she's probably like, sweet. Like, I'm out of there by like 1030 a.m. See ya. I'm going to win my I'm going to go in there, do my thing, get paid and I could fly home. Maybe when she was it fly home, go straight to the Las Vegas airport. Jump on a jump on a Southwest flight, get an Uber, be home, and watch the main event. No, yep. no, no. There you go. Maybe she just hustles JJ Aldrich, and then like Karina Silva steps on a lead pipe or whatever dumb thing it was she that Tony again. did, yeah. and she and then she just fights like I'm here. You guys just want to do it? Let's go. That would like be the best. Yep. All right. Uh, I'll take, we'll take one, one more. more. One more question. Uh, Another fight we did not talk about at all, but I think it deserves a little conversation. I mean, come on, gentlemen. Let's get to the elephant in the room. Which losing streak continues, Harry or Kovalkiewicz? So this is actually, I mean, this is the rematch nobody ever on planet Earth asked for. I don't even think Felice Harry lost this fight, and I don't even think she was asking for this rematch. But we got it, and I'm glad Felice is back. She's recovered from some pretty bad injuries. Take it on Karolina Kovacavich, who has moved teams, seems when, to be invigorated. Well, they fought, to, uh, you know, Casey, they fought in 2018. Four years ago. And a, a fun fact about this fight, neither woman has won since they fought four years ago. Because mm-hmm. the last yep. time Herrig won was the fight before that, and that was the this is thus far the last win of Kovacavich's career. Aww. So, yeah. So Kovacavich... Went to American Top Team. She's, she's training with Joanna and some of the really good fighters over there. Felice Herrig has said recently that this is pretty much do or die for her. If she doesn't beat Col- Karolina Kovalevich tomorrow, it's a sign that tells her she needs to close the book on her career. So this could very well be a loser, loser leaves town match one way or the other. But if Felice loses, she's hinting at if I lose this fight, I'm I'm done and you may not see me again compete. So what's your pick, AK? Who uh whose losing streak continues on? Will it be Felice Herrigs or will it be Carolina Kolvakevich? I'll go with Kolvakevich for the win. I think I just think she's the better fighter. I just I just think she's a it's gonna be a striking battle. I do consider her to be the better striker. Um Herrig is very scrappy. I mean, look, she can turn anything into like a she can make fights ugly which has uh, led her to a lot of success in the past. People forget before she was she was kind of in this slump, she had actually won four straight fights. Uh, that, again, I know that feels like a long, long time ago, which it was. I mean, it was. Because it was four, a long, long time four, ago. Almost, almost four. Oh, sorry, over four years ago now uh, that that happened. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going I'm going Kovacavich. I think it would actually be like a more fun fight than people expect because I do think um, – I do think Herrick – Knowing that she's sort of near the end of her career, really both fighters probably. Um, Herrig will be 38 in a few months, mm-hmm. I believe, and Kovalkiewicz will be 37. And that it by no means is a death sentence for your career, but when they've been in the business as they have, I mean, Herrig, I would, I don't know if I'd call her. 
2009, yeah, her first, her, her first, first fight. fight. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call her a, a pioneer of women's MMA, but she's of that next generation for sure. You know, she's not of like the Roxanne Modafari. Well, did she fight before Roxanne or around the same time? Right. Roxanne's before that. I had to be a few Roxanne's years been before. fighting for my entire life, basically. Right, yeah. Uh, so I don't know if Herrick is like in that first generation of women's MMA pioneers, she's, but she's, she's definitely not that, first that, generation. But she's definitely yeah, that next generation. She was, but she was fighting as a professional mixed martial artist before there was even she a was. sniff of women in the UFC. Yes. Yeah, and so. someone who was making a name for herself outside before the UFC had women's yeah. fighters. She was she was in one of the video games. I remember she was uh, the faces of one of the – I think the EA Sports video game. She was one of the faces of that video game, very heavily involved in promotion. Um, she's doing very well outside of of, the, of uh, fighting. I know she was uh, one of the first also to start doing like the OnlyFans or whatever it is she uses to, you know, to, to share her content. She was, one, she was one of the first to do that and, mm-hmm. and everyone saw how much money she was making. So she was definitely a pioneer in that regard as well. So she has options inside the UFC. I think she's going to want to have fun with this one. I think she is aware that win or lose – she might win she might win and decide i'm still hanging them up she'll want to go on a high note right so i think i think it'll be entertaining um but I, I am going with Caroline. I just think she's a better fighter i like the camp change uh she does seem to be just sort of in a better headspace i mean she was some of her post-fight interviews uh or comments like after the, those couple of those losses were like super sad it was getting sad watching carolina <laughs> fight like she just didn't yeah. seem to want to be she didn't want to be in there and she was in there with some dangerous people like we saw that with the andrage fight that was just scary like that's the that's one person you don't want to be anything less than 100% mentally against because you get what happened to Carolina one punch KO'd. So uh, I like where she's coming from too. I think it's gonna be a really respectful contest for and and um and really classy. It'll, it'll be a nice moment. I'm kind of glad they put this as the the prelim um, headliner, as it were. I think it gives it like a decent level of exposure, but not too much pressure on it to deliver. And whatever happens, like I said, I, I have a lot of respect for both these fighters. Um, I think they just both accomplished a lot in their careers. Carolina challenged for a UFC title, which is great. Uh, and, and can say she knocked down Joanna, you know? I mean, one of the yeah. few fighters who can say they did that. Um, but yeah, I'm going with, uh, with whatever happens with both fighters after, I'm going with Carolina to win this one. Casey, who's your pick? Uh, Carolina. Uh, unless, I mean, unless there's, unless she's really fallen off, Carolina, at, on her worst performance, still should be the best Felice Herrig. And Felice Herrig is, I mean, I agree with everything um, AK said. Um, pioneer, she's been doing this for a long time, uh, but uh, Carolina's just a better fighter and she should win. But, uh, but I, I, like, I, like, I, like, I like the placement, I, I like the booking, and I like where it's placed on the card. So, you know, good luck with ladies. Jed, you're going with Carolina. I, I heard this portion of No Bets Bard. Explain why, because I got a little bit of a chuckle out of it. <laughs> because I don't understand what the hell the odds makers have done. And like that's not me being me. That's like straight up. We so far two people have picked Carolina. I I'm picking Carolina, as you said. So we're three and oh on on she is the underdog, although that line is close to almost. Carolina's what, what, the underdog? Well, like lines closed to okay, just but about still, a pick yeah, but wow. but she, okay. she was she was a plus money underdog at like plus 140 or some dumb number, which didn't make any sense to me because these two women have fought before. Carolina won that fight. Neither woman has won since. Neither woman is different since. They're the same fighters because the cake is baked for both of them. Felice Herrig has been out for two years, which is also not strong. And Carolina just changed camps to, frankly, I think a, a much better place for her. I think moving to ATT, getting, you know, MTB and kind of the rest of that team, getting the reps with Joanna. I think she seems reinvigorated in her career outside of what I think that this is going to do for her tactically and technically. And so it just makes absolutely like everything Casey said. I think she's just better fighter than Felice Herrig. And so I don't understand how she was the underdog in this fight. So I'm taking her to win. I have a bet on her by decision because 
for the exact same reasons. Why would you take Jerry Rosen, uh, Yarzino Rosen strike to win when you could take him by KO? Kylian Kovalkiewicz has like two stoppages in her life and none of them came in the UFC. So yeah, I, I've got her winning a decision here, but I am going to change an earlier thing. I said, uh, I'm going to pick this as my fight of the night. I think AK is right. I think they're both going to be real scrappy and this is going to be my fight of the night choice. Yeah, I think it's this will be a fun one. Uh, I'll, I'm leaving Kovalkiewicz as well, just because, like, I mean, Jed, you laid it out perfectly. They just fought. I mean, it's four years ago, but if you look at their timelines, it's not that long ago, and not much has changed since then outside of injuries and just, you know, just kind of pulling yourself out of that hole of, man, like, what do I need to do to win a fight? So I like the the camp change. I know Felice is has been really getting after the recovery and the rehab. She's really getting into why did they make this walk? And I would not be shocked even if she won this fight if she said I'm done. So this she's probably going in there to leave it all in there. Great. So I think it will be a fun fight. I actually had to go back and look because I I don't remember the actual fight. I don't remember the Me first neither. fight. <laughs> I know it happened. I don't remember. I mean that was the that was oh. the crazy that was the Habib by Quinta week that was the Dolly week that was the craziest fight week of all time <laughs> and this fight was on was that card insane. like we all watched that fight <laughs> yeah we don't it was remember. a split decision it was a split but I had to go to MMA decisions yeah, to be like Kovo am I missing Kavich something here her up. I don't yeah it was one of those splitties where like uh, somebody did every some, I didn't feel cool. yeah. Well, that's why we have three every judges me- type of yeah. decisions. Every meet, I was like, oh, is this is this one of those things where I'm going to look at it and like half cho- half the media members chose Carolina and half chose Fleek? No, every single media member chose Carolina Kovacavich, including our own Jed Mishu, who picked Carolina Kovacavich, 29-28. Uh, it was either 30-27 Carolina or 29-28. There was a split there. Half picked 29-28 Carolina, <laughs> half picked 30-27 Carolina. Maybe that was so the confusion, yeah. yeah. She outlanded her by like 100 strikes or some dumb number. <laughs> it was... She obviously didn't lose two rounds, and I don't really know how that happened. So there you go. I think I think we have painted a, an intriguing picture for a card that was a six on AK's gymnastics scale. I'm at a 6.2 so. now. You guys, if you guys have sold Ooh, me on some of these stories, wow. I'm at like a 6.2. I'm, I'm canceling the barbecue. We're, we're coming inside watching the fights now. <laughs> this is a four. This is this is somebody's going to the high bar and they they hit their release and they don't catch it in face plant. Like this is this is a four, but maybe it's a fun four. What's my Ma- if Mazarov is not on the card, what is it? <laughs> if Mazarov's not on the card, we're in a comfortable three. Because I am with AK. It's hard to get bad. Like you gotta work to have bad points against you. And this has enough good things going for it that I'm I'm not willing to give it a two or a one. But I think it's actually going to be a fun card. In the end, we're going to be like, all right, this is we were entertained, but this is the name value. I'm I'm being positive here. We're out of here. You hear the music. AK and I back tomorrow, 1230 p.m. Eastern time. People's pre-fight show. And we're going to do a watch along for Aaron Blanchfield, JJ Aldrich as well. So join us then for Jed, for AK, for Casey. I am Mike Keck. See you tomorrow, everybody. Love you guys. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. 
and Cedric the Best Dumbe makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Dumbay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.